With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. As we typically do on Tuesday, I want to go ahead and hit you with my top five and bottom five of the NFL. I don't think there was that much that we really learned from what happened with the uh, the Seahawks or the Bears last night. I don't think the Bears are close to being a true contender in the NFC North. I think if you look at the NFC North, the Lions have almost eliminated themselves already from competition. I'm sorry, Lions fans. The Vikings and the Packers are both big-time Super Bowl contenders at our 1-0-1 and will be fighting throughout the entire season, I believe, to win that division. And I think the Bears are somewhere between the Lions and the top of the division. So I think the Bears are going to be 7-9-ish, uh, would be my guess if I were predicting how the Bears are going to finish. And I still like the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Minnesota fans, because I know you are conditioned to believe everything is the uh, is the absolute worst. In terms of the Seahawks, this is a team in transition. They really don't have much outside of Russell Wilson. And uh, and so I think this is going to be a 5-11, 6-10 at best type Seattle Seahawks team. I think they have fallen into obsolescence here as they try to remake their team and make them not the Legion of Boom uh, being led by uh, by Richard Sherman and, uh, and that crew and now having to rebuild and redo the entirety of their team. So I think it's going to be a tough season for Seattle fans. But let's start with the bottom five. Okay, These are the five teams that I think need to panic after two weeks. And we start right there with the Seahawks at 28. 28th best team in the NFL, the 0-2 Seattle Seahawks. You just saw them last night. They've got no offensive uh, rhythm at all. 
I don't think they're going to be very good, 5-11 and 11 or 6-10. and 10. At the 29 spot, got the Detroit Lions. Now, looking ahead a little bit, the Lions have essentially a must-win game against the New England Patriots. Matt Patricia, former defensive coordinator of the Patriots, has to win against the Patriots in Week 3 now. And I think that's going to be a challenging uh, a challenging situation. You never want to hear the, the phrase must-win and Patriots. That is always a dangerous, dangerous situation. So uh, I, I think that is a uh, that's a mess indeed, particularly because, and we'll talk some about this. Josh Gordon to the uh, to the Patriots is just it's cheating, honestly. It's such a low risk, high reward move. It's vintage Belichick. We'll get to that uh, here momentarily. The Giants, I have got at the thirtieth best team in the NFL. I think Eli's done. I came into the into this uh, season thinking, you know what? I bet the Giants are going to be a lot better. They got Odell Beckham Jr. signed away. He should be playing and be really happy given how much he's making. Got Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to make a tremendous difference in the backfield, open up the passing game. Instead, this has been a really anemic offense through two games against the Jags and the Cowboys. Now, maybe they just went against two top 10 defenses because I do think the Cowboys have a really good defense and certainly the Jags do if you're wanting an optimistic scenario there for why the Giants aren't awful. But I am just very nervous about how they're going to perform all year. So i got the Giants in the 30th spot. 31 overall, I've got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, when you look at the Arizona Cardinals right now, they are atrocious. What the Rams did to them would be, uh, it was like a snuff film. It was not entertaining to watch. The Cardinals need to go ahead and give the, the reins to Josh Rosen and figure out whether he's the guy. And then the worst team in the NFL right now, Worst team overall, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I just I have no confidence whatsoever in the Bills right now with Josh Allen. Week one was ugly. Week two was also ugly. I imagine week three will be ugly as well. Danny G, what do you think about my bottom five? Anybody you think should be there? I was I was kind to your Raiders. <laughs> I didn't put them in the bottom five. They were close. There aren't that many zero and two teams, and I think certainly the bottom five teams need to be zero and two and positive. The Browns are not in my bottom five for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you consider a tie to be because most people say a tie leans heavier towards a loss than it does a W. So uh, like the Steelers, for instance, they woke up on Monday morning feeling like they lost that game. But uh, in the you know win-loss column, at least it's not showing as an L. So no, that, uh, that bottom five is, is right there. All right, so no complaints around the board there from my bottom five. How about my top five? All right, I'm going to count them down in reverse order here. At number five overall, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. They've won two games, uh, 34-23. They presently sit all alone atop the AFC North. I think they're going to be there for a while. I'm cautiously optimistic in what Andy Dalton has been able to achieve. At number four overall, let's be honest, I think just about everybody out there expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to start off 0-2. I mean, I genuinely believe that just about everybody out there believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to start off 0-2. As a result, I've got them number four overall. I think Fitzmagic is there for the season to stay unless he gets hurt or he falls apart. We're going to talk about this a little bit more during the course of the show. But if you had to pick an MVP of the NFC so far this year, I think you'd have to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is in full effect. You saw him in the Deshaun Jackson outfit looking like Conor McGregor before a big fight 
Uh, he was uh, he's been incredible. Eight touchdown passes, a touchdown rushing against only one interception, nine overall touchdowns, one interception. He's opened up the offense with Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. I don't think Jameis Winston's going to get his job back. I think he's been Wally Pipped, and maybe, maybe we don't even know, but maybe the Bucks are not even going to stay committed to Jameis Winston. Uh, now, the one thing that works in Winston's favor is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is 35 years old. But uh, but look, I mean, Tom Brady's 41. What if suddenly late in his career, Ryan Fitzpatrick suddenly found the magic? That would be uh, extraordinary for him. Be a hell of an upset for the Bucks. But right now, I think the Bucks are going to beat the Steelers this coming weekend, and I think they're going to be 3-0 and headed into a major Monday Night Football or a big, uh, big game uh, week four as well. Number three, overall, top five, outkicks, top five NFL teams. I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Jags play against the Titans this weekend with a chance to go 3-0 and and take potentially a stranglehold lead early in the AFC South. Uh, they got the huge win over the New England Patriots in Week 2. Big psychological win. Blake Bortles came out and was incredible. Nearly threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns. Number three overall, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, uh, number two, he's been a revelation. He would be the AFC MVP so far. He's got 10 touchdown passes, which no one has ever done in the history of the NFL, which is rare that you can say in this day and age when it feels like everything has been done. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs sliding in at number two overall in the outkick top 10. And the best team in my NFL right now, the outkick number one team, the L.A. Rams. Los Angeles may have awful college football with USC and UCLA this fall, but they may have two of the best teams in the NFL, not just the Rams, but also the Chargers, who I predicted would go to the Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers got a, a nice bounce back after their first uh, first loss, but I've got the Rams as the best team in the NFL. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. To me, there is no doubt at all. You have to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick, regardless of what happens against the Steelers. Even if the Bucks lose, to be 2-1 and one is incredible. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to play at all like he has, he's won this job. Uh, is there any disagreement at all among the crew? Danny G, would you stick with Fitzpatrick if you were the coach or GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I would stick with Fitzpatrick. The one thing the one uh, thing I would say, though, for a buyer beware, it, what was it, 2016 when he had that six-interception game? Do you remember that? I think he was playing for the Jets at the time. And what, it, he imploded, and that's kind of his M.O., is that he'll look this good – but then he just smacks up against a brick wall. He doesn't hit it. He squishes up against it like a gnat. I think a big part of that has been that he hasn't had that good of receiving talent by and large. I, I do think there's a difference. between. I, I've said this for a while. I think Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans is an incredible combo at wide receiver. And last year, the Bucks really didn't uh, ever use Deshaun, Evans, uh, Deshaun Jackson very well. But Mike Evans is, has been incredible for a while. And I think they just fit what Fitzpatrick does really well. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Would you stick with Fitz? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. He would have to have like the reverse Mahomes and have like five interceptions, yeah. no touchdowns in a game for me to maybe second think it. But no, the way he's played so far and the way the team has reacted to him and the way he seems to have 
really captured, you know, kind of the spirit of the of the team and all that kind of stuff. I I can't imagine him uh, being benched for Jameis Winston. Dubs, you with us here too? No doubt. Yeah, there's there's no plausible explanation you could tell me that would you know to put Jameis back in for Fitzpatrick. It's rare that everybody agrees. Roberto, you going to make it unanimous? All four people affiliated with the show, you have to stick with Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I agree. But I, I do believe uh, he'll hit a brick wall. Yeah, so uh, what I think is interesting about this, and I'm going to unpack it a little bit at the start of hour two, is we're kind of seeing a reverse of the situation that happened with Dak Prescott and Tony Romo with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. If you remember a couple of years ago, the number one NFL topic when Dak Prescott came in and played the way he did with the Cowboys, was, man, what do you do when Romo comes back and he's healthy? Now, Jameis put himself in this situation, right? Jameis made the uh, the decision to get in trouble off the field like he did, and he got suspended based on something he did, as opposed to Tony Romo getting hurt in a preseason game. And obviously, Romo was out more weeks, but I think this is almost a reverse situation to that. you got a young guy in Dak Prescott replacing an aging veteran in Tony Romo. Here you've got an aging veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick replacing a young guy in Jameis Winston. And I don't know how you pull him out. I do have to tell you, though, the odds are out. You can go gamble on this. My guys at Odd Shark have the latest odds. And uh, according to the latest odds, Ryan Fitzpatrick is now the minus 500 favorite to be the Buccaneers' starting quarterback in week four. That's a pretty unbelievable statistic standing there um, when you like really think about it. And I'm retweeting that if you want to see it. And in conjunction with Deshaun Jackson's quotes, which he said this morning on the NFL Network, this is Deshaun Jackson on Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's playing on fire right now with the way the team is rallying behind him and just playing lights-out football. You have to kind of honor it. You can't take the hot man out. You got the hot fire right now. This is Deshaun Jackson. It's like NBA Jam. We used to play NBA Jam. Whoever got that hot fire shot, you got to keep shooting, man. It's not my decision, but I'm sure Dirk and Coach Munkin and the guys that make those calls, they'll make sure they stay on fire until that fire is out. We're going to stay on fire. That's our job, to stay on fire, and that's what we're going to do. Deshaun Jackson weighing in. Ryan Fitzpatrick now minus 500 to have won that job from Jameis Winston. And to me, the fascinating angle of this story is the degree to which it mirror images what happened with the Dallas Cowboys. With Dallas Cowboys a couple of years ago, you had Tony Romo out with an injury. You had Dak Prescott, unheralded quarterback, come in and win over the team. And you could never go back to Tony Romo because Dak Prescott played so well, he took that job. And Dak is still the quarterback at the Cowboys. We don't know how good he is, but that year one was the best year he ever played. This is a mirror image of that, except Jameis Winston is the young quarterback. He wasn't injured, but he's out suspended for the first three games of the season. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has swept in and won over the team. And I thought that was personified by the outfit that he wore to meet the media after he had just beaten the Super Bowl defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles. He's wearing Deshaun Jackson's chains. He's wearing his jacket. The message that's being sent there is this team loves Fitzmagic. This team loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Deshaun Jackson just made it clear that he doesn't want Jameis Winston back because guess what? Fitzpatrick gets him the ball. It's a lot like what happened with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys rode that all the way to 12-4 and 4 
Could the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do the same? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. It's always a confident show, especially when we're joined by Charles Davis. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter, I believe, at CFD22. And Charles, uh, week two of the NFL action is in the book. If you had come on before the season started and I had said, hey, man, I got this good feeling about the two best quarterbacks in the league through two weeks. In the NFC, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Bucs are going to be 2-0. and And in the AFC, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are going to be 2-0. and And these guys are going to be virtually unstoppable at the quarterback position. Your response to me would have been what? With Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would have said, we've seen this before, and we've seen stretches of it. My question would be, would we see it over 16 games? That's always kind of been where the rubber meets the road with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You remember his time at Buffalo, Clay? Yes. I mean, he ended up getting that big contract middle of the season. Everybody was going crazy. There's an SI feature story. And by the time it was all said and done, you remember how that ended, unfortunately, for him. So that's my, that's always my thing with Fitz. You, you've seen it. You, you see these big games and off you go. What I did, I really believe it was going to happen. No, I said before the season they'd be zero and three when Jameis came back because I just didn't think that schedule would, would hold up for them. With Patrick Mahomes, the potential was there, but the idea that we'd see him throw six touchdown passes and ten touchdown passes—no, no, 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 folly. Anyone who tells you they saw that out of the gate, then we need to go to Vegas with them and hang. That's my <laughs> that's my quote, quote, quote on that one. You're in the state of Florida. The uh, the Florida teams are six and zero so far in the NFL. You got the Dolphins two and zero. You got the Bucks two and zero, and you've got the Jags two and zero. Who's been the most impressive of those three teams? Bucks, Jags, or Dolphins? Jags, yeah. Jags, because they lived up to it. You know, Clay, young teams that get to AFC title games and have all the bravado and, and talk in the off season with, with Jalen Ramsey being the the principal headline guy. And I don't know that anyone else has done it, but he's spoken for everyone with the you know the articles and all. And then for New England to come in and for them to live up to it and work it, they're the most impressive out of the three. Now, obviously, Tampa Bay, as I said before, stunning to me, stunning because I said I'm not I'm not going to shy away from it. I thought zero and three to start the season without Winston and just from what I'd seen before and who they were playing. I mean, at New Orleans, home against Philadelphia, and then to get Pittsburgh on Monday night, and now Pittsburgh becomes an eminently winnable football game for them. I don't know that many of us saw that coming either. And Miami, I don't even know what to say about that yet. I want to see that develop a little bit more. But yeah, 6-0 and for the state, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive, and I don't think anyone saw that either. All right, let's pretend you are a GM or a high member of the coaching staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What would you do if the Bucks go out and Ryan Fitzpatrick plays like he has the first two weeks and they beat the Steelers to go 3-0, and headed into, I believe, a Monday night or a short yeah. week, right? Short it's week, a short week, short week, week game. Out. Yeah, they play Monday and then they play Sunday. It's short week. What would you do with Jameis Winston now eligible? And for everybody out there, it's important to remember, Jameis Winston is not in the locker room right now. He's not working out with the team. He's not allowed to be at the facility it's not as if he's still hanging out, he's there on the sideline, all of those things. He's been completely absent from this start for the season for the Bucks. How do you handle this? Um, he's my backup now. If they come out and they're 3-0 and and Fitzpatrick's playing like that. Excuse me, Clay. He, he, 
this is a, a results-oriented business. This is a bottom-line business. And, yes, everyone knows each other's contracts. That's why we had all that debate about Pittsburgh, and we're really not supposed to do that with each other. That's between you and the man, okay? You, you work that out even though we know what's going on with it. But at the end of the day, we're talking about winning championships. We're talking about getting to the playoffs and who's producing to do that. Jameis, for whatever reason, was not there to contribute to the 3-0 and in terms of on the field. He's my backup until further notice. Now, if you're a pro, you come in and prepare, and you're there and you're available if something goes off the rails with Fitzy. And I think there's enough history there. This is no longer anecdotal. I'm not talking anecdotal. I'm talking history has been there where Ryan Fitzpatrick over 16 games, question marks arise. Well, we'll find out again, but he's, he's earned the right to carry this team forward. And I think that the wide receivers would even look at Jameis and go, yo, you're my dog, but did you see what my boy's doing? <laughs> and that's just kind of the way it goes. And he just will have to prepare himself to be that backup. And the guys keep talking about him being a team guy. He'll have to prove it in this case, especially if we see that again on Monday night in AP Pittsburgh. It's also a good lesson for young football players or young athletes or even just people outside of the world of sports. Jameis Winston, with this new offensive setup and this new offensive coordinator, if he were playing, might have come out and performed just as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll never know, but he put himself into a position where he lost his job for something other than performance, and that's all too common. It's got to be particularly frustrating to somebody like Jameis Winston when you can't even look around and blame anybody but yourself, right? I mean, that's ultimately what Jameis Winston's got to be doing when he's sitting around watching these Bucks games. And look, I understand that you're supposed to be a team-first guy and everything yeah. else. There is no way on earth that Jameis Winston isn't a little bit sick to his stomach when he sees Ryan Fitzpatrick gunning the ball all over the field and throwing eight touchdowns, right? That's just human nature. Yeah. You can want to win as much as possible. You don't want the guy who's trying to take your job to be better than you would or to be as good as Fitzpatrick has been. You are, you are spot on, Clay, and I will give you a real-life example. I was at Tennessee. Okay, I actually had a very good preseason camp and during a punt return drill, got rolled up behind. You know, we see it so common, especially with offensive, defensive linemen, right, in the pile. You get that friendly fire from behind you when you're executing a block, and next thing you know, ankles, knees, whatever, right? So I roll up my ankle, and it comes down to the wire. We're opening with UCLA, all right, 1985. Now, my backup at the time, Chris White, had an extraordinary spring, fall camp, the whole deal. He hung in there tight. He was going to be a fifth-year senior, never started. And it came down to the wire whether I'd be able to play against UCLA. And I did everything possible, and I was ready to go, but I didn't practice as much, so we started Chris. Before the game, I went to him and said, go get him, big man. Give me three picks today. Give me three picks. Let's go, let's go, let's go. If you're going to be out there, go get him. All right, going to be a good team guy. He gets three picks, Clay. Oh. We end up in a tie with UCLA. I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, happy that we ended up with a tie because for a while there it looked pretty pretty dire for us. Actually, we, we should have won the game. But anyway, he has three picks. After the game, we go, go out to dinner with my family. My, my, my beloved Uncle Chuck, God rest his soul, was with us on this trip. And so I'm sitting there trying to keep a, a good face. 
And I said to my family, I said, yeah, unbelievable game by Chris today. And I said, believe it or not, before the game, I told him three interceptions. And he said, all right, if he didn't get three interceptions. And I said, but that's just awesome. And my uncle looked at me and said, quit lying. <laughs> he said, quit lying. I said, what do you mean? He goes, awesome, yes, for your team. Horrible for you. Are you going to play? <laughs> And I said, I certainly hope so, Uncle Chuck. I'll battle. And luckily enough, ended up Chris and I both played just by circumstance for the season. He became an All-American that year, had an extraordinary year, and earned every bit of it. But I think that exi- I think that hits exactly what you're saying. Was I happy for Chris and my team? Yes. Was I terrified for my own position? Probably even more so, yes. That's why I always think the re- that's a great story, by the way. And by the way, that was the very first University of Tennessee football game I ever went to. Um, yeah, we should, you remember we should have won. We gave up touchdowns and two-point conversions and ended up with a 26-26 tie that we should have won going away. Yeah, uh, I, I always think on the sideline, particularly with quarterbacks, there should be more backup quarterback reactions when a, uh, a guy on the field is performing at a high level because <laughs> at that position, as much as you are standing there saying, oh, man, I'm so excited for how well the team is doing, you want that every human, I think every human wants that validation. Same, same thing is true, by the way, of Le'Veon Bell sitting on his couch watching the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wants James Conner to not perform that well. He wants him to fumble going in for a touchdown and for everybody to be like, man, we really need Le'Veon Bell. I guarantee yeah, you that Le'Veon all. Bell hopes the Steelers get beat 31-3 to by the, uh, by the Bucks on, uh, or, on or, Monday or, night. Or win, or, or win ugly where James yes. Conner didn't, didn't have an effect on it and they win by two or three points because he'd love to come back at a position where the team's got a chance to go to the playoffs. That's better for him. But you want your team to win where they still need you. That's, that's kind of where it comes down to. I know what I said, and I hope everybody interprets it the right way. I'm giving you the absolute human yep. feeling on it. And what you said is spot on. If we had cameras on, on these guys and are trying to hang in there and everybody's celebrating, what you really need is if we had something that could measure your internal organs. <laughs> because yeah. your outward appearance is going to be halfway decent. It's like the Oscars or the Emmys when they put the camera on all yes. the winners, all right, all the nominees, and they announce the winner, and everybody goes, oh, and they remember to clap and smile and the whole deal. What we're looking for is the Samuel L. Jackson deal. When, when, remember when he lost to, yes. um, was it Martin um, Landau for Ed Wood? And, 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 and the winner is Martin Landau. And everybody went, oh, and they had the camera on Samuel L., and he's like, oh, bleep, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's that's the reaction that's real. The rest of it is the one that we program and what we do. And I hope everybody gets it. No one wants their team to lose. That's not what anyone's saying. You just don't want your t- you just want your team to need you. Yes. That's what it comes down to. You were speaking of a team needing a guy. Aaron Rodgers. You've got Aaron Rodgers this coming weekend, Green Bay at Washington. Yeah. What Aaron Rodgers did week one was phenomenal. What he did week two playing without practicing all week and leading his team to a tie game against the Vikings was pretty outstanding. Uh, what are uh, And the Redskins, I would say, in the NFC East are in a little bit of a wobbly spot. They weren't very good in week two against the Colts after looking great against the Cardinals when the Cardinals get blanked effectively by the Rams. How big of a game is this for both these teams? It's a monster game for Washington. 
Yeah. It's a big game for Green Bay. It's a monster game for Washington because the optimism coming out of week one, Clay, was off the charts. They went to Arizona and worked them, and they really looked the part. And there were a lot of concerns going into the season, and you know how it is. We, it, we take everything in one-game snapshots, and we react. We overreact. We do all of that. And, oh, my God, they, they're contenders now. They blew away Arizona. Well, after two games, we realized Arizona really is not very good. Okay? I mean, they've conclusively proven to us what we saw in preseason does not correlate to the regular season. Because in preseason, they led the whole entire NFL in takeaways. and They blew away Dallas in that third game. I mean, it's all that went into it. Now they just look bad. But, you know, Washington – Coming off that first game, hey, defense, stop people. Adrian Peterson rolled back the clock. We could go on all day. And they just showed none of that versus Indianapolis. i got to dive into the film a little bit more, but what I've seen so far, you're like, oh, no. It's a monster game for them, not the least of which, Clay. If you, you and I growing up, who owned D.C.? This football franchise. Everyone else was playing for second and not even close second. Do you know what they did last week in pregame? They had Alex Ovechkin mm. in a team jersey, number eight, doing the coin toss. They're drafting off the Capitol Stanley Cup. It's amazing. In order to try and whip up fan frenzy. And by the way, over 20,000 empty seats there this past week for a franchise that normally would say we had 100,000 on our waiting list for tickets. Things are different there. They need this game in a big, big way. Talking to Charles Davis, you can follow him on Twitter at CFD22. You can probably hear his voice all over your house uh, and, and in your car maybe as well uh, for all of the different mobile Madden apps and everything else. It's amazing how often my kids are playing Madden and I hear your <laughs> voice in the back in the back of my head everywhere. There's a mute uh, button, Clay. Get that mute yeah. button. <laughs> Let's, uh, you mentioned playing at Tennessee and, and told that story of uh, of the first game of the season with UCLA. Um, what, when you look at this Tennessee-Florida game, you're down in Florida. If I'm not mistaken, I think you yeah. told us before your daughter went to UF. So, she did. Uh, yeah, I, you're obviously very familiar with the Florida Gator program, too. I think this is – I mean, I don't think either team is that good, right? I mean, in years past, Agreed. this has been a matchup of great teams. But I think it's massive for Dan Mullen, and I think it's also massive for Jeremy Pruitt. Florida is going to Knoxville. It's going to be a night game. Florida-Tennessee – what do you see in this one? Yeah, it's not on CBS. Yeah. That, that, that's your first thing, right? That's kind of how you measure programs in the SEC because of the SEC on CBS package. Tennessee, Florida was a staple for this game. For this. Whenever they played, they were the SEC game on CBS, right? Gary Danielson and now Brad Nets could just, just not pencil. They could ink it in. Well, now it's a night game on ESPN, which – ordinarily means pretty something pretty good, but when it's the SEC package, you're like, hey, what happened? Well, Texas A&M and, and Alabama have now become that game. To me, what you said is, is, is definitely right on target, and here's why. Florida fans, happy to have Dan Mullen back, but there has been a, there has been a little bit of, we're going to sit on our hands and see how it develops deal. The McIlwain thing, I think, hurt them in a lot of ways. They, you know, they were winning, but it didn't feel right, did it, Clay? I mean, you're no. winning, and all you were really was to win your division and go be a sacrificial lamb because you're going to get killed in the SEC title game. So did that feel right? No, because Florida's used to going there and competing and winning it. Um, now they get Dan Mullen back, which is vestiges of Urban Meyer. Unfortunately, it's not the same coattails it would have been before because of all the other things that go along with it, even before what happened this year at Ohio State. 
So that's just a different thing for him, even though Dan's a different guy, and I think he's the right choice for Florida. For Tennessee, it's just you've got to show more of the validation of your new program. And I know Tennessee won against UTEP last week. Didn't UTEP lose by like 52 to Nevada or somebody like that the week before? UTEP is not good. Yeah, yeah, and, and Tennessee puts up 24 points. So I didn't see the game, so I'm not here to say how, why, or what. But just the average fan says 24 against UTEP. Didn't they lose to somebody by 50 something? Yeah, the, it, it, they lost. You know, they went questions. 0 and 12 last year, and yeah, Tennessee good, was okay? very anemic <laughs> against them. Not good. So this becomes a big, big deal for both of them because neither one's going to win the SEC East. That's Georgia's to lose, obviously. We thought South Carolina might be a contender. Georgia took care of that one pretty easily. So where do you rank in the pecking order in trying to get back to your former glory? That's what Saturday night tells you. That tells you, are you making progress? Are you getting to that point? This is a big, big game for both of them, and I'm, I'm kind of eager to watch it because I want to see how they look. Last question for you. We're talking to Charles Davis at CFD22, calls games for Fox. He'll be uh, calling Green Bay, Washington this weekend. Can you believe that Vontae Davis quit at halftime? <laughs> this is one of the most remarkable stories I've ever seen. I, I we were laughing about it. Like a part of me thinks, like when I decide I'm tired of doing early morning radio, it would be amazing to just at you know 7:30 Eastern just be like, all right, boys, just go. I'm out. You know, you got the last hour and a half to fill yourself, uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm riding off into the sunset. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I'm out. Dead it's air. unbelievable to me. Um, have you ever heard or seen anything like that? No, not not to leave then. No, not halftime of the game. <laughs> we've all we've all heard of the guys packing up in, in camp. We're out. Okay, that's it. I can't do it anymore. But typically, those guys knock on guys' doors down the hall and talk to their boys. Like, Yo, yeah, it's done. I'm gone. My man just did that, and I think. There's never, to me, that's not a good time, obviously. Duh, right? That's pretty simple. Just Let's just equate it to any job going, okay? Everyone can hear our voices. If you're in charge of a job and an employee just walks out in the middle of the job and just leaves it half done, you're not going to think very fondly of them, all right? And you're also going to say, guess what? You're not getting a full paycheck, Yeah. okay? You're going to do all of those things. But to me, what really threw me, was how detailed the statement was of the retirement with the picture in the background pretty yeah. quickly after he left, and he had said, yeah, it just kind of hit me then that I was just kind of done. I don't think that was really true. I think he had it pretty well set up. I don't know if he meant to do it at the half, but he just decided to. And here's the last thing, and, and, and I'm done being facetious here. This is someone who's been there, knows the brotherhood, and I don't want people to go, oh, God, here we go with that again. But think about how tight you are with your band of friends, with your families, with your classmates from high school, college, whatever, wherever your circle is. Just think about your closeness and your bonds, okay? He left at halftime of an NFL game. Forget the Buffalo Bills bonds. This is the NFL bonds. You think anyone's inviting him back to the reunion now? (laughs) Or when he does show up, you think people aren't going to look at him with an arched eyebrow now? There is a little bit of code that goes along with it. And the code would have been, Coach, I don't feel right. Maybe I shouldn't play the second half. And you go out there with your guys, and then you do it at the end of the day. But you don't just undress, shower, and go while they're out there battling in the second half of a game. You just don't do that. 
Amen. Well, if you ever decide to retire from announcing games, if you left at halftime and just uh, just bailed, it'd be a hell of a way to go as well. The Dan Rather it w- effect. It, it would be memorable, yeah. but I wouldn't get invited back to the broadcast or unions even. I mean, <laughs> but 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 they would. But they spent all that night at, at, at the punch bowl going, man. You remember you remember how Davis left? I mean, <laughs> you're right. It would be memorable, but not cool. And before we go, two things. Don't forget if you're coming down here with the boys. There's a Madden. You know, Madden Tour and Invitation is waiting for you guys. And the oh, second man. thing, congratulations yeah. on your new show. Oh, I Very appreciate excited that. For you. Very happy for you. I know it's going to be a blast. You and, you and Cousin Sal, right? Yeah, me, Cousin Sal, Todd Furman. We, we, we're having a lot of fun, 4.30 Eastern on uh, FS1. I, I think it's, a, uh, it's an exciting, you know, kind of new development in sports media with gambling becoming more and more yeah. legal. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. You're gonna. You're talking about the things we all talked about anyway. We all had the wink and the nod. I grew up with Brett Musburger with the "You're looking live" to start the show, which was the nod to the gamblers without anyone saying it, where he would give you the full weather report and and by the way, and Walter Payton's hamstring seems to be pretty good. I think he'll yes. go today. So we had all that. We've had Al Michaels, you know, about how that touchdown affects people with the wink and the nod. You guys don't have to wink and nod. It's full acknowledgement. Have a blast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're joined now by Mark Schlereth. Uh, He's going to be calling Bears Cardinals this weekend. And I'm going to start with a question. Pretend you're on the uh, decision-making staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Any way imaginable you are pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick when Jameis Winston's suspension is over? Absolutely not. Just, there is absolutely no way. Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm telling you, off-platform throws, accurate, the deep ball, what he's been able to accomplish for two straight weeks. Um, the guy, you know, I mean, obviously everybody nicknamed him uh, Fitzmagic, but he has been nothing short of magical. And, you know, you look at Jameis Winston. The problem with Jameis Winston is he's a mistake repeater on the football field. I, you know, I don't want to hear the off the field mistakes. Like grabbing somebody's crotch is not a mistake. That's assault. That, there's, there's no mistake to that. You, you're an adult. If you can't handle alcohol, then quit drinking. You're an adult. That's, that's criminal. There, there's no mistake there. But on the field, you consistently make the same mistake over and over and over. You know, there's an there's a issue there. There's a life issue there. And right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not making mistakes. Now, he's been prone to mistakes on the field as well throughout his career, but right now he's not making them, and he is playing absolutely wonderful football. You can, there's no way you can pull him for Jameis Winston. What's happened that he's this good right now? And, and you mentioned that he has typically been a guy who has a lot of ups and downs in his career. Is there anything that's going on now where you look at it and you say, okay, maybe this offense just fits in perfectly. Maybe it's that he has incredible weapons that he hasn't had before in Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, not to mention O.J. Howard and just the downfield passing ability of this offense. Uh, or is this something where he's just come out and you know he's had a couple of great hands of, uh, of poker and sooner or later the, uh, the, the, the average law of averages is going to catch up with him? You know what I, I think here? Ryan Fitzpatrick is a, a, obviously a very smart guy. You know, I mean, ad nauseum, what does everybody say? Oh, well, he's from Harvard, you know. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's an intelligent guy. He understands where to go with the football. That's never been an issue. Um, I think the issue has been the decision-making 
when when you're under duress. The the decisions haven't been as good, and it has led to interceptions and and you know, just errant throws and things of that nature. Under duress, he has been deadly accurate. And I've always said this about Aaron Rodgers, the best off-platform thrower I have ever seen. 70% of the time, Clay, you're usually on schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah, like 70% of the time you're handing it off, you're throwing a swing pass, you know, you've got a little um, flat slant combo, you know, you've got, you've got the, and, and the ball's out of your hand and you're on schedule. It's when you're off schedule, the 30% of the time when things don't go the way they were planned on a grease board. And what do you do with that 30%? And that's where he's had issues in the past. He has been so deadly accurate off-platform. Watch some of the throws he makes that are the, I mean, the most awkward-looking things you have ever seen. And they are, I mean, they are thrown into a milk carton. That's how tight the window is. Um, it, he has just been fabulous at that. And as long as he continues to operate that way, like, you're going to have success. Can can uh, Patrick Mahomes keep it up? Speaking of success, he done something that never has happened before in the history of the NFL: ten touchdown passes in the first two weeks of the season. Can he keep this up, or is there a way for NFL defenses to figure out a way to kind of slow him down and/or stop him? Well, I, I will say this: I, I don't think he's going to stay on that pace. You know, he throw eight touchdowns, so uh, that obviously not going to stay on that pace, but. Andy Reid is so creative. He gives you so many things to look at as a coordinator. He does a great job of stacking plays. And what I mean by that is he'll, he'll pair a run with a, you know, with a, some type of, um, offbeat kind of, uh, you know, jet sweep type of thing or something that pairs off that run that has a play action and a drop back to it. So there's a play pass. There's a play action. There's a, you know, there's an outside, um, you know, kind of, crazy collegiate type run and then there's the the straight run so you're you've got four things that you line up in the same personnel group you line up with the exact same motions and you've got four completely different plays and so it always keeps you playing on your heels as a defense and i think that's one of the things early that that people have not been ready for with that said patrick mahomes has been unreal understanding where to go with the football and the kid has got an absolute hose. I mean, he just unleashes it. There is there is a fearless nature to him, and he's throwing ninety seven mile hour fastballs all over the place. He's had great touch. He's had like second window throws on slants, and I mean, the guy has really done a fantastic job of of doing you know what he does. So I've just been thoroughly impressed. I think. I came in going, oh, come on, he's, he's a young player. You know, this is his second year, but essentially a rookie. Uh, he's going to make as many bad decisions as he's made good decisions. He has just been nothing but good decisions since the, the day he walked on the field. Speaking of good or bad decisions, how is it going to work out for the New England Patriots with Josh Gordon now joining that team? Do you think he's going to be more like Randy Moss, where, you know, he had a Hall of Fame career and uh, and he just kind of accelerated that or extended it? Or is it going to be like Chad Ochocinco where he gets there and he just doesn't fit in? The risk-reward here seems pretty heavily slanted on the reward. But uh, what's going to happen with Gordon going to the Patriots? Uh, you know, I would, I would lean to the side where I think it's going to, to pay off. Yeah, he just needs structure, discipline, probably more than anybody else. And here's the thing about New England. You know you're not getting second and third and fourth chances. You know, they they just roll you out and say, hey, screw it up, and you're gone. We don't care. 
And I think that's probably the best place for him. You know, at some point, you have to grow up. At some point, you have to be an adult. And I understand that you have demons. I get it. You know, but guess what? We all have a certain amount of demons. And, you know, part of being an adult is is dealing with those demons and, and behaving yourself and trying to overcome that stuff. So um, New England has done it better than anybody. You know, with, you mentioned Randy Moss, Clock Killing, Corey Dillon. You know, they, they just have guys they put on the field that seem to, you know, that seem to go in there and kind of get it. And they understand the consequences. I mean, they're laid out for you. You screw up, you no longer play here. It's that simple. So... There's no question about Josh Gordon's talent, and I believe him to be a very intelligent football player. Um, and so with that said, he should fit in. I would expect them. I just expect it to pay dividends. That's what I expect. There are only seven teams that are 2-0 and out of the NFL's 32 teams. That's how difficult it is to start off 2-0, and which sounds wild. The Broncos are one of them. You're out in the Denver area, I believe. I feel like the Broncos have been totally under the radar. They've beaten the Seahawks, and they came back to beat the Raiders. How good are they? You know, they're a very talented team. They're obviously a work in progress because they've had so many changes. And the other thing, Clay, is they've gone through this philosophical change, which I really appreciate. They have been so bad at drafting the last couple of years because they, not that they admit it, but I just know what goes on. They have been so enthralled with trying to find athletes, and it has backfired in their face. And I I just know this. Football is not hard for football players. It's exceptionally hard for athletes. Um, And just because you run fast doesn't mean that, you know, you'll put a a helmet on your head and absolutely try to hit people in the lips. You know, it's just not a natural thing. you got to get guys that can play. And they completely revamped their structure um, they revamped where they were going from a draft standpoint. And they went out and found themselves football character guys, guys who were team captains, guys who can play the game, not necessarily the best athlete. They didn't, they didn't use the, the combine and the draft process as a, you know, as a stopwatch combine. They threw the stopwatch out. They quit thinking about 40 times, and they said, who shows on film who's the best character guy? And that's what they went after. And here's where I think they're going to continue to get better. They are littered with young players that they are asking to fill major roles. And those guys have filled it. There have been some mistakes along the way, but they're 2-0 and with those mistakes. And those kids keep getting better and better and better. And Philip Lindsay, eventually, is not just going to be a cute story. You know, it's not just going to be a guy that was shunned by the NFL Combine and, and didn't get an opportunity, you know, and then signed as a free agent and, you know, and he's small and slight and fast. Eventually, he's just going to be a damn good football player and you're lucky to have him. You know, at some point when I played with Darrell Davis, it wasn't he was a six-rounder from Georgia who left, uh, you know, who left Long Beach State because they canceled the program and really could never stay on the field and all of a sudden became a Hall of Famer. Eventually, he was just the best running back in football. Eventually, you quit the quit the, the, the cute story aspect of it, and eventually you're just like, that dude can freaking play. Yeah, no, I mean, we're talking to Mark Schlereth. He's at Mark Schlereth on Twitter. Um, you are calling the Bears and the Cardinals. Bears get the win last night over the Seahawks. What kind of stood out to you about their effort last night? Well, I think one thing about the Bears, and obviously Mitchell Trubisky, it has got to be more a consistent player. You can't make some of the stupid decisions and the bad throws. 
but very much like the Kansas City Chiefs where Matt Nagy came from, their head coach, very multiple on offense with personnel groupings, with formations, with motions, um, you know, with just a tricked-out style of things that eye candy that make you play on your heels a bit, and, and that's very tough. But make no mistake about it. That defense that Chicago has right now is like those defenses back in the day that Levy Smith had that, that took them to a you know NFC championship game and to a Super Bowl. That defense is legit. Um, they really play. It's listed as a, a 3-4, but they really play kind of a 5-2. They've got a 5 defensive down kind of front with the two linebackers on the outside. And they have got talent from Hicks to obviously Khalil Mack to Floyd to you know, that they have just got a um, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent, especially at the linebacker position. And they can they can wreak havoc, as you saw, five sacks in the first half last night against Seattle. They are a, a legit defensive football team, a legit defensive front seven. Last question for you. What would say you say are the one or two things that you expect – kind of going forward from here we're two weeks in I think it's fair to say that the two biggest surprises in a positive way have been Fitzmagic uh down with the Bucks and certainly with Mahomes with 10 touchdown passes with the Chiefs who's disappointed you well I, I the Steelers disappoint me but that I, I expect it from the Steelers because I think there's a lack of discipline within that organization when you come out with a guy that has meant so much to you you know 80 catches or whatever it was and you know, 1,300 yards rushing, and a guy who has really been an offensive lynch, linchpin, and you start talking smack, um, and your offensive line starts, starts talking about him letting you guys down and him not being there over a contract dispute. It, again, I point to the head coach. How does that ever, in your week one of preparation, how does that stuff ever come out? Like, if you're focused on that and that's bothering you, well, you're certainly not focusing on the Cleveland Browns, who have been a train wreck for two straight years, and you know you end up tying that game, and then you end up getting you know absolutely obliterated at home against Kansas City, and you know I almost I laughed a couple times because early in that game, you know Pittsburgh's offensive line is is you know missing assignments and guys are running through hitting Ben Roethlisberger, and I said, well, you know I, I just like that serves you right. You have you know, under Mike Tomlin, you have had arguably the most talented football team in the National Football League for six straight years. And you win a lot of games. I get it. But winning games, when you're that talented, winning games is not good enough. You should have a couple more rings on your fingers. And every time you face New England, you know, you absolutely get a who's your daddy whipping every time you go up to New England. So, um, I don't know. Like, that's a disappointment to me. That whole thing was incredibly disappointing. And, you know, then you look at some of the kicking stuff, Clay. Some of the, you know, we talk about players not, not necessarily working a lot in the preseason. Man, I've seen so many mismanaged games with, um, you know, coaches who have, don't run clock at the end of a game. Um, you throw it twice, like Green Bay threw it twice with like a minute and some odd seconds left and went three and out with using no time on the clock, not making Minnesota used any timeout, so they still had the two-minute warning, and I think there was two two and change left. They still had the two-minute warning. They still had two timeouts, and the ball still changed hands a couple times, but they, the point being is there was enough time left on the clock for Minnesota to come back and tie that and send it into overtime, and, and that's because 
you didn't you didn't you didn't manage Mike McCarthy. You didn't manage the clock. You you didn't give your team a chance. You sh- There's no way you should lose that game, and yet you, you found a way to tie it. Um, anything things like that have, have happened consistently. And I will tell you one more thing: the Rams are a damn good football team. Don't be mistaken by you know. Can you bring all this talent together and all the athleticism? Those dudes will fly around and just straight up rattle your teeth. Outstanding stuff as always, Mark Schlereth. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 